Sacred Space. So welcome back again to the second part of Sacred Space. My name is John Keeley. Thank you again for joining me this morning and also still joining me here inside the studio. I've got Shane Ambrose and a special guest joining us uh, this morning from the other end of the country, actually, Bishop Donald McKeown, who's the Bishop of Derry. Good morning to you, Bishop. How are you? Morning, John. Good morning, Shane. Good to be in touch with you. Thank you very much indeed. Bishop uh, Donald was uh, actually attended the 15th Synod of Bishops um, recently held uh, uh, with the topic Young People, Faith and Discernment. So we said we'd touch base with uh, Bishop Donald this morning, maybe to give us all a little bit of an idea as to what happened. And maybe we could set off with a very basic question, uh, Bishop Donald. What is a Synod of Bishops? Well, the Synod, as we know it nowadays in the Catholic Church, um, began after the Second Vatican Council, where all the bishops had gathered essentially for three years to look at all sorts of issues regarding the church in the modern world and so on. And following on that, um, Pope Paul VI suggested that every three years, a selection of bishops from each country, rather than all the bishops, should gather to advise the Pope of the day on a range of issues. So the first of the synods began in 1967, and as you suggest, this is the 15th of those. They happen essentially every three years. And I suppose the synodal process, it comes from two Greek words, synodos, which means a walk together. It's meant to be not just a, a group of people advising the Pope, but a, a journeying together on a particular topic, seeking to discern what the Lord is saying to his people in the current situations on a particular topic. So there have been all sorts of topics down through, the, down through the decades. And as you say, this one was on young people, faith and vocational discernment, following immediately on the previous synod of three years ago on the theme of the family. Okay, so um, this particular synod... Um but first of all, who chose the topic and, and when was that decided? Is it the Pope? Well, or? The, the, um, my guess is that there was some decision taken even before the Synod on the family that once that was looked at, then they could become and they could, be, could move on to another cognate theme, namely how do we hand on faith to young people? And inevitably, um, the family came up as um, a significant issue in that context. But there is an election by those who are elect, those who are sort of synodal fathers, as they call them, electing people from different continents in the world, and they set up the council of the synod. And obviously, with the Holy Father, then they pick the theme for the next one. So I have no idea what the next theme will be, but please God, it'll be in the year 2021. But sorry, if I could just jump in there, Bishop Donald, the the synod in, in 2021, that's kind of the normal every three years, but is there a special one next year? Not on Amazonia? Not, not, well, yeah, well, yeah, they, well, this is the, 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 the range of other local synods, yes. Mm-hmm. But in terms of a synod for the whole worldwide church, mm-hmm. um, the next one will be in 2021. Ah, okay. you're, you're quite correct. There's one for yeah. Amazonia, for that particular area of Latin America coming up early next year. But those are regional ones. The, 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 the main worldwide universal general synod takes place every three years. Ah, okay. Okay, so coming back to this particular one, uh, Bishop Donald, what was, the pur- what, what was the purpose of this synod? Well, it really was to look at the whole area of young people and faith and discerning their vocation. But it would be wrong to see the Synod just as if it were an event that took place to talk to the Pope. There had really been a a whole journey building up to the Synod in the sense of uh, an early document. uh, Every bishop's conference around the world was asked to have a questionnaire filled out, have um, questionnaires among young people in their own countries. The Irish Church did that. Then that was all sent off to Rome. Then there was an experts' conference, 
I think about um, 18 months ago, and then there was a document early in 2018, there was the, the main uh, week-long conference of young people in Rome leading up to Palm Sunday, a full week there, and then that all lent led to the, the final instrumentum report as the working document that came out after Easter. So this really has seen a, a stage in the process, trying to gather opinions, trying to gather insights, trying to have dialogue with young people to look at the main issues. And then the Senate really focused on dealing with the, 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 the working document, the, the, the instrumentum laboris, to try and reach some sort of conclusions together, taking all the work that was done in advance and using the synodal process to discern God's way forward. Okay, you mentioned there about lay people, um, young people and so on and so forth, and I believe this time uh, maybe there was more involvement of lay people in this particular synod than previous synods. Would that be correct? Well, now, my experience of synods is, as you might imagine, very limited. I'm only a, a very minor bishop in the country, um, and it's, norm- it, it, it's normally two senior archbishops would be going. I happen to have been picked this time because I do a certain amount of work with young people, I think. Um, but, yes, as distinct from a synod on the Word of God or a synod on something else, um, this actually had 35 fabulous young adults from all around the world who were able to make their contributions in the same way as the synodal fathers were and who made their presence very much felt if they liked someone and the comment they made there were hoots and claps and whistles and so on or a more quiet uh, response and then they they were so involved they actually put a concert on on the second last night um, in, in, the, audi- in, in, in the, the entrance to the audience hall with music and verse and so on. So it really was a, a, very, mon- a, a very animated um, month of discussions where the young people played a very positive and, and, um, and prominent role. Yeah, I, I was I've, I, I was listening to some of the reports on EWTN each evening, and certainly the young people seemed to be enthused. Enthused from this angle is that they felt that they were being heard. Yes. Maybe not mm-hmm. always. That, that that might not always be the case, but it was a chance for them maybe, and for want of a better word, on the world stage or in terms of the church, to be able to be there with the Synod Fathers and the bishops and so on and expressing their own thoughts and ideas and believing that they were being heard by the bishops and the fathers must have been a great place for young people to be. And I think there were three distinct stages to the instrumentum laboris, the working document, and to the to the essentially three and a half weeks of the Synod. The first section tried to look at the reality of the experience of life for young people, the positives and what an awful lot of young people around the world are experiencing in terms of pressures, in terms of distress, dis-ease, violence, um, uh, economic pressures, migration, war, all of those things. Then the second section really was saying, well, how, how did the scriptures teach us to deal with the reality of people? And we came across a whole range of of excellent scripture texts that were reflected on the call of Samuel, the call of Jeremiah, the call of Mary. And of course, I'll speak later maybe about the, the road to Emmaus, which was the main scriptural piece for the final document. And then after having looked at the reality, looked at a scriptural sort of approach to ministering to young people, then they began to say where the key areas were, where church needs to be engaged. So it, it wasn't just talking all the time. And as well as having the general sessions where young people could contribute, there also were, um, I suppose, about 15 language groups, and four or five were English. And, of course, there was a number of young people in those who made fabulous contributions, certainly, in our English group. Um, So, yes, the young people were very present, as were the other advisors of one sort or another. And so the main points, really, that came out of the final document, um, Mr. Donner? Well, 
as I say, the, the, the main scriptural piece, John, that came out of the whole thing was the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Okay. Again, taking those three sections, Jesus walks with two people who are disappointed and disillusioned. They're walking away from the community. They're walking away from where their hopes had been high. And he walks with them away from where they had hoped to find something um, and were disappointed. He listens to them. He takes them seriously. He hears what they're saying. Then so at a second stage, then he speaks into that. He says something that touches where they are, but with a, a revelation of a new way of looking at what they're experiencing and where they are. He breaks bread with them. And then the third stage is they become missionaries and go back to their own peers back in Jerusalem. So in some ways, that sense of um, a church that accompanies young people, that takes their experience seriously in order to engage with them and speak the, the word of the Lord into that and to break bread with them was important. And I think the other element that came out very strongly in the final document was the experience of synodality, of journeying together, of listening carefully to what other people were saying and then seeking to distinguish what the Lord's saying to us in the middle of that. So it wasn't just talking about young people. It was talking about a different way of being church where the emphasis was on accompanying young people on their journey, primarily helping young people to be equipped to be peer ministers to their own generation. And of course, um, it came out from, uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, that the youth who attended there, again, felt that they were listened uh, within that that context of that synodality. Um, and, and, and they spoke with great passion. I remember one young man from, from Micronesia or Polynesia, down that direction, hmm. sort of said, all these things are afflicting young people in our area. But when we are in trouble, we want to find pastors, not Pharisees. There was that level of passionate Very desire good. for the fullness of the gospel to be proclaimed, for warm-hearted ministers of the gospel to be available to them, who take their reality seriously. So they weren't saying water anything down. They were saying, be with us as pastors who can help us understand um, how to transform our disappointment into, into new hope, how we can look at cross and find resurrection lurking behind it. So I, I think that it was a passionate synod in that warm sense, where we were not just talking about young people, but with young people. And you, you've sort of mentioned there that there were people from different parts of the world. Young people from different parts of the world would have different issues and different emphasis on what's important to them. What might be important to the Western Church might be different to somebody from the African nations. Would that be right? You are right. And yet I think in, 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 in the globalised um, world, the experience of many young people where they're, they're, they're all digital natives, to use a phrase that appeared a number of times during the month. Um, in a globalised world, all of them have access to the internet. All of them are aware of what's going on around the world. All of them share in those fears of the future, of fragmentation, of excessive nationalisms, of conflict, of migration. They actually are much more united around the world than you might imagine. Though you had bishops in some countries saying, in our country, the young people are thriving in church. They're coming in their droves. There's energy about them. Uh, persecution was an experience of some other countries as well. But it was remarkable how much they shared uh, in terms of the experience of life, as well as the things that distinguished them in one country or another. And was there a letter um, written by the bishops to the youth? There, there was. That, that remains to be published. It actually was a, a, a simple letter, essentially a one-page letter, 
reaching out to young people to say not that we want to do things for you, but we want to engage with you in the reality of your joys and hopes, your disappointments and your your your, your failures, all of those things. It really was just a commitment to 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 try to ensure that national churches and per, and parish. Uh, communities engage with young people, taking them seriously, walk with them. Because unless we're making new disciples for Jesus Christ in 2008, in 2018, in 50 years' time, there'll be no disciples at all. That's right. I suppose the question would be now, what happens now, Bishop Donnell? Well, I think there are two things. One is that the tradition has been that the final document is presented to the to the Holy Father, who then would publish a document. In other words, the, the, the document from the Synod on the Family led to the papal document, um, Gaudium, the one prior to that on new evangelization led to Evangelii Gaudium and so on. So traditionally, the Pope would write a document following all the recommendations of this. But secondly, the document's clear enough itself. The whole thrust now has to be saying, well, what's the church in Ireland? or the church in Iceland, or the church in wherever else, going to do about it. Mm-hmm. And that's really back in our court, because the, 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 what happens at a synod can't change what happens in Inchicore. That's entirely up to ourselves to, to put into practice, to find ways of engaging with young people. So we actually are having, um, very early, in fact, on, 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 on Monday, we're having a, a meeting uh, with youth directors and leaders in Maynooth, Bishop Eamon Martin and myself, to reflect with them on what we heard and to say, well, how can we actually put that into practice in Ireland, facilitating training of young people? How can we engage with them? How can we walk together seeking to build disciples of Jesus in a world where there's so much distress and pain and mental illness and where we're losing far too many young people for want of a reason for living? Um, so it's, it's down to us in Ireland to do our bit. Please God, Pope Francis will write a document as well, but it's up to us to decide what we're going to do in our country. Mm. And tell me, have you got a message yourself for the youth? I mean, you, you, you just mentioned earlier on, Bishop Donald, that, that you, you spend quite a bit of time with the youth. What, what sort of message would you like to bring back from the Synod to the youth? Well, I, I was a school teacher and school principal myself over the years and have been involved in a whole range of activities. I think what I came back with was a wonderful sense of energy that there's so much goodness out there in so many young people who are dying to be taken seriously and so much pain out there in so many young people as well. But I think we we recognise there's a need for huge um, amounts of good news in what really is a very depressed, sad, fragmented Ireland nowadays. We need people who will be witnesses to good news, to the hope for resurrection. Also with a clear emphasis in terms of vocations on the need for the formation of, of a new generation of clergy who will have warm hearts to walk with young people. In other words, the the faith engages with the head, yes, in terms of orthodoxy. It also engages with the heart in terms of love of the Lord and love of people, even when they're going in the wrong direction. And it also then engages with the hands to ensure that it's a practical service-based faith that we're inviting young people to be involved in. So it's a challenge to all of us to say, how can we not make the church great again? But how can we make the church fit for mission in a world where there's so much pain and suffering? Yeah, You know, I, I was just thinking that uh, people of my own age now, um, people are grandparents and, and parents and so on and so forth. Again, you know, just thinking about the youth, we, we have our challenges in terms of trying to pass on the faith 
uh, to our youth. And, and any little word of encouragement for ourselves? Uh, or okay, I, I think the, the word of encouragement I have for the older generation like myself is that the world is crying out to hear good news. Let's not be ashamed of good news, but let's proclaim it as good news. Let's move beyond the, the, the notion that faith is just about keeping laws and, 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 and avoiding sin. It's actually about falling in love with Jesus Christ, falling in love with the God who loves this earth, falling in love with all those who are made in God's image and likeness. So I think it's a question of finding a language that speaks that love into a world where there's so much pain. Um, the question is, how can we be a church fit for purpose in 2018? And we need grandparents to be doing that. We need young people to be doing it. Uh, but we need to be saying there is hope, there is love, there is healing, there is forgiveness. Walk with us and we will make a better world thanks to the grace and healing of God. Lovely. Bishop Donna, thank you so much for, for sharing those words and thoughts and, and encouraging words for ourselves. And I believe you might stay with us for the Gospel, for the Gospel Reflection, please. With pleasure. In a few minutes. So just before that, we might go for a, a bit of music. And this one may be so ideal. It's by Patricia Burke, and this was in, entitled, You'll Be My Witnesses. So let's say this. Be my witness. 
Sacred Space.